My name is Michael Alanis, and I am the founder of a digital marketing agency in Southern California. I've spent the last 10 years combining my direct sales background with a passion for internet marketing. And through all of the online and offline strategies I've tried and tested, this one thing has remained the same. Quality clients are not sold, they are converted. So if you're tired of playing the numbers game with your sales and marketing goals and want to start learning the timeless principles of profitable customer acquisition, then join me as we discuss the craft of client conversion and transform you into a client converter. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Client Converter. Now today's special guest, Kristen Hinman from PR Media, had the pleasure of meeting Kristen about a year and a half ago through another colleague in the whole internet marketing industry, and also a very unique guest because have collaborated with Kristen on a few projects as well. The reason why I wanted to bring Kristen on the Client Converter today is because of the unique perspective that she brings with her background and what she's doing presently in the combination of PR and paid traffic online. So Kristen, thanks so much for joining us today and would just love it if you could introduce yourself to our listeners. Hey, thanks, Michael. I'm happy to be here. And yeah, like you said, I I come from a background in PR. I was working in LA, booking my clients on shows like 2020 and Anderson Cooper and the Today Show. And I, I transitioned to into doing paid traffic about two years ago. Um, I could I could just sense after being in the industry for so long that the industry was really changing. And I had a lot of clients who would ask me um, things like, you know, I've been on all these shows and I'm, you know, I'm getting a steady stream of patients, but kind of what do I do now? You know, what's next for me? And so this really was the next step, both for me and, and for a lot of my clients. What the big hook that really got me was, you know, when I, when I think of PR, so I think of PR as like, yeah, the goal is exposure and to be on a TV show like that, um, or what they call, you know, the the Oprah effect. Someone gets on Oprah and just skyrockets their sales. One would think that's the goal. So if I just get the exposure, if I get on the right show, it's going to blow up my business. However, you told me and said, you know, uh, PR and then exposure is not the goal. It's actually the starting point. So that blew me away. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. I think people assume that once you get on, let's use the same example, a show like Oprah, you know, your business would explode. But, you know, there's a couple things to remember. Can you fulfill all those orders or all those requests for products or services? Can you take that traffic and actually harness it to where you want to go? Or are they just going to be curious, um, you know, lookers or purchasers? Um, and then from there, are you going to be able to develop a relationship with them further online? Or is it just going to be kind of a one hit wonder thing where you're on TV and then the next day no one remembers or cares about you? So, yeah, what I've transitioned into doing is really to take that exposure, that marketing NPR. Um, my clients know that that's not the end goal, but that it's really just the starting point, like you said. And then we, we bring it all together with uh, sound paid traffic strategies. So um, what really uh, struck me too was in my past year of our clients, and we're you know focused on paid traffic, we had a few clients come to us that have gotten PR media uh, exposure in the, in the past, and they would tell us that there's this huge surge of like inquiry, things are happening, but then there's this trail-off effect, and things kind of die down. So they're kind of chasing the next opportunity for exposure to pop up. And 
With that said, um, while I really enjoy the internet side, the paid traffic side, uh, do you think that, you know, when I think of when I think of PR, to be quite honest with you, I think, okay, that's for the big boys. That's if you are with, you know, got some major backing, if you're sponsored, if you're a celebrity, already well-known. But is PR something that's available even just for the everyday common business owner that maybe is not a celebrity? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a great question. And a lot of people do assume that you need a, quote, PR firm in order to go after, um, you know, major media outlets. And PR really boils down to being in the persuasion game and telling stories um, in a way that connects with your audience. And I think you'll find a lot of similarities in that with paid traffic in that, you know, your your headline and then your landing page and, and your email follow-up sequences, really you're telling a story about your product or service or whatever it is. Um, and what I have uh, also realized is that people were starting to ask me very similar questions. Um, they were asking me about PR. How can we get more exposure? What do we have to do? And since I've really transitioned my business into this role, it was actually a natural um, pathway for me to start really coaching them into how to get their own publicity um, with so many new media available these days. Um, like you are a great example of a podcast. There's YouTube channels. There's blogs. There's so much more than what kind of the traditional PR that you might think like the Today Show or Good Morning America. There's just so many other outlets and opportunities. So what I've started to do is coach some of my clients into actually securing those opportunities for themselves and in verticals, um, so media outlets essentially that make sense for whatever their messaging is. That's amazing. You know, as I hear you say that too, I think back to my own business with Local Loop Marketing and what we do and the various podcasts that I've been featured on There's a direct correlation between the exposure I've gotten on those media outlets, let's say on YouTube interviews I've done or other podcasts, uh, to actual inquiries taking place and someone saying, hey, I heard of you through this podcast and I want to get in touch with you. One client in particular I'm thinking about, we went back and forth today, uh, it's an attorney, and he's been with us for about three years, and that was through one podcast. There's various other ones that have come in through podcasts uh, as well too, so you know, that's interesting to think about that concept of, you know, public relations, PR, the media platforms are no longer just television shows. Um, and if anything, you know, there's some YouTube channels available that if somebody was to get on, their exposure could absolutely skyrocket. But how does this tie in now to, let's say, you know, because my world is AdWords. So how are you using something like Google AdWords to work together with someone's PR exposure? Yeah, great question. So Specific to AdWords, when someone actually gets, let's say, a PR booking, um, I happen to work with a lot of doctors. So they're on the TV TV shows like The Doctors or Dr. Oz. Um, when someone is actually on that show, what happens now is people are immediately pulling out their phone. If something catches their interest, they're on their phone, they're looking you up, they're searching for you. So we utilize the search network in that capacity. So any major TV shows or major publicity Um, that we know our clients are going to get. We're proactive about getting in front of them in the search network. And then the biggest, I would say, either secret or not so secret weapon is remarketing. So once they're looking you up, they're hitting your website, they're, they're 
coming to your web platforms. We have remarketing codes installed on there. So now we're following them around the internet with very specific messaging related to our clients. We know they've shown interest. We've essentially got them in our remarketing web and we're able to continue to uh, that conversation. Um, Our goal is to get them to the point to interact with our client in some way, whether it's to ask a question, um, to request a consultation. Again, I work with a lot of doctors um, and also some attorneys. So, you know, our goal is to get them to interact with us in some way. So we take that exposure from the television show in this case and um, funnel it into um, into their into their business, into their existing business. Very cool. Um, yeah. Everything you're saying really resonates because I'm thinking about the product launches that I've worked with other clients of ours. And during a product launch, there's a heavy, you know, push of, let's say, a proprietary product that someone creates. And people are going to the internet to search for that product. During the launch of that, we'll actually set up campaigns, you know, targeted at the product name itself. So we're guaranteeing that top placement on search results and then can manipulate that however we'd like, whatever kind of opt-in we want to send them to or a sales page. And as you mentioned, remarketing as well, too. And then even the... I'm assuming does PR media also use YouTube remarketing and marketing as well? Yeah, we have used YouTube um, with really great success. Um, in fact, several of our YouTube campaigns, um, you know, pe- we actually we ask people when they interact with our clients, how did you find out about us? And the instance of people finding them on YouTube is just skyrocketing. Um, and I think what's really interesting is that just like you said, they they have a proprietary service or product and being able to one, promote that in a public arena using something like public relations, either doing it on your own or with a firm, and then having um, those systems in place like you just described on the back end, that's a really powerful tool to really um, look at your marketing in a big picture rather than in kind of individual funnels. I think sometimes people think if I was just on AdWords, that's going to be the answer. Or if I was just getting, you know, on the Today Show, that's going to be the answer. But I think what you and I are really finding is that it's combining all of these things in a very strategic way that that's really making an impact on on their business. It is. It actually brings to mind there's this thing called the zero moment of truth, which was a study done by Google um, and uh, shopper science. And it talked about that the different touch points that someone goes through to finally make a decision, even if the amount is like less than 10 bucks, it comes to mind because I had a call with a client of ours before this call. And it was a hair salon in the Santa Monica area. Um, actually, Ocho Salon, a little shout out for them there in Santa Monica. <laughs> and they've recently begun running ads with us. Now, we typically work with companies, um, you know, that are doing B2B stuff or just the local businesses uh, that maybe have people that go out like contractors, things like that. So the hair salon was something new for us. However, what was kind of cool is I did a first visit out there. I wanted to meet this client because <clears throat> we had brought out some marketing materials for them, some in-store displays. And they told me today, they said, I wish you were here a few minutes earlier because the person that came in, um, and keep in mind, these are not inexpensive cuts. <clears throat> There's, uh, they're like, you know, a nice cut or color for $200, let's say for a woman or a guy's haircut for like 50 or 75, but a great job. They mentioned, you know, uh, the person came in stating that they looked me up, they saw me on Yelp, but then they saw my Facebook ads as well too, and decided to give me a call. So it was this multiple touch point that eventually led to the person making the call to come in. It wasn't just one thing, it was those things working simultaneously. So when I think about that, I think 
if I saw someone on TV, but then all of a sudden I now see them on Facebook or let's say a YouTube commercial, that would actually have a very strong point to me. It wouldn't just be TV alone. If anything, if anything, I would feel a little more inclined to potentially reach out if there was something strategically done, let's say with a YouTube commercial or you know, a very direct response type approach. I'm a huge fan of direct response marketing that made it personal for me because the TV personality can feel so far away yet. I'm assuming Kristen, the doctors that you work with, these people, these, these doctors want to work with just the everyday person that needs a procedure done. The doctors don't yeah. just work with celebrities they work with everyday people. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And, um, we're very much believers of educating our, um, their audiences with mediums like YouTube, um, so oftentimes it'll be, uh, testimonial videos of real patients who have gotten their services. It'll be, um, you know, educating them about a specific procedure that they've shown interest in. Maybe they visited the webpage and then sending them to something like a free download about that surgery, like frequently asked questions or, or, uh, different things like that. And, um, I, yeah, I agree. I think what's really interesting is that we live in a day and age, as everyone knows, where you might see something, but you forget about it 10 seconds later because, you know, you're, we're bombarded with information all the time. So having those multiple touch points, I think, is is a must for any business owner that's that's doing digital marketing right now. So let me ask you this. I'm kind of going back a little, little further back to the beginning. Whatever made you want to get involved in PR to begin with? And I'm assuming that you didn't think your path would bring you here to have this kind of, you know, hybrid combo, but what got you first involved and interested in PR? Yeah, that's a good question. I actually, I actually kind of accidentally fell into it. Um, when I first moved to the LA area, I, um, I was doing a lot of social media stuff because at the time it was like the new cool thing. Um, and I got in with a company, a PR company that was kind of interested in adding that to their book of services. But what ended up happening is um, over the course of a few months, people ended up leaving and I kind of got thrown into the PR game and I ended up being really good at it because I think what what it really boils down to is, again, it's telling stories and just connecting with people on a human level. There's not really like a secret um, formula or a magic formula that but, um, you know, you can you can do it time and time again by developing what I, I actually have three timeless PR principles that I use and I leverage those along with my relationships to really be successful in the PR world. And um, like I had said, when we started, my clients were all over nationwide, like Dr. Oz and um, were interviewed by Barbara Walters. And, um, you know, the list really goes on and on. But we also got uh, magazine exposure regionally, locally, you know, newspaper stories and everything that you kind of look at in the PR prism, you want to look at, like I said, those three timeless PR, PR principles, which um, I actually have an acronym for. I call it the GIT PR principles, G-I-T. GIT. And G yeah. <laughs> because when you get the principles, you'll get PR. It's a really bad joke, but it's a good acronym to remember it. So it's G-I-T. And G stands for geography. Where is the story happening? Um, you want to, it's actually usually the first place I start when I'm thinking about publicizing a story. Um, 
for instance, you live in Los Angeles, right? Correct. Um, if you were getting a story that you wanted, let's say about your agency or about, about your podcast, a really great place for you to start would be your local newspaper and likely the business section. Um, because geographically they cover that area. So, um, G for geography, where is the story happening? The second one is I, I stands for the import of the story. How important is it? Um, I like to use the example of a, um, national election in here in the u.s that has that has big importance to everyone at every level so you'll see international stories national regional and local um but let's say you're launching a book um about business someone who covers politics and writes for a newspaper in washington dc that's not important to them or their readers a book about entrepreneurship um so you want to keep that in mind how important is the story and the final one is timeliness. How timely is it? Did it just happen? Is it about to happen? Did it happen two years ago? And when you look at every story in the context of these three principles, the Git PR principles, you'll start to be able to develop hooks that the media are interested in. And you're really going to gain credibility with any media you talk to, whether it's a blog or a podcast, or even let's say Barbara Walters producers, because these three things are, whether they know it or not, are usually the three things that every media outlet looks looks or evaluates a story at under those premises, um, because their job is to is to serve their audience, and so they don't want to report on a story that happened two years ago, but they do want to talk about something that's about to happen. So, um, when you're able to really grasp that, you can really start leveraging that in terms of PR and start getting your own publicity. Very cool. <clears throat> I'm actually looking at your website right now. And is this, uh, I believe you have this actually as a download on your website, this GIT thing. Where can people find that? I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. So, yeah. So great question. I am about to launch a, um, a beta course for anyone who's interested in getting their own publicity. Um, and I have a free training. Um, it's, it goes very in depth into these three PR principles. So if you go to my website, it's P E A R E media.com. It's actually the phonetic spelling of PR. So P E A R E like a pair media.com. And if you click on the top, I've got a, a PR in 30 days button um, with a free training that really dives deep into these three principles that I just talked about. Um, and I give some really great examples in that training about um, how you can leverage it. Um, and if anyone's interested in taking the next step with me, like I said, I'm actually launching a beta course where I will go deep in with people to develop their own pitches, their own media lists, and to really understand these principles so that you can grasp it. Um, and what I think is really interesting too is that those same three things um, have a really good correlation into paid traffic. Um, you know, when you're writing headlines, like I said, or landing pages, uh, you want to kind of keep all of these in mind so that your messaging is all the same, whether you're being interviewed or it's your presence online. When you start being able to tie all of this in together, that's really where um, people are seeing, my, our clients are really seeing the results. Very nice. <clears throat> I'm quiet here. I'm taking some notes and I think I've got my pitch. So okay. let's say... Let's hear it. Uh, this is my <laughs> this is my go at it. So for local loop marketing, where we work with local businesses for lead generation, uh, geography. I'm Los Angeles, 
And maybe even I could reach out to the smaller like Pasadena Weekly or the Orange County Register or something local. And the uh, the I is for uh, G.I. Important? Import? Importance. Importance. Yep, import of the story. Okay. Importance of the story would be that it's going to be summer. And I, as an agency, can tell people what are the most popular types of ads to run during the summertime, like what gets the most kind of engagement that we found in the last few years of people running like summer advertising, what to do for your summer advertising. That's my import. Mm-hmm. Um, and then T, tell me the T again. Timeliness. Timeliness. Well, summertime. So very timely. Right. I was just going to say that I think your your I is actually your T. Um, so... I think you nailed it. You nailed it. So you want to, you would go after those outlets because if geograph geographically, um, the Orange County Register makes sense because you you well, do you live in Orange County? I'm in Los Angeles area. Orange County is probably about um, thirty minutes away, but technically I'm in LA County. So let's say yeah, I do something more Los Angeles focus. based. Exactly. So unless you actually lived in Orange County or your business was located in Orange County or you had something that was like tangibly happening in Orange County, it by and large probably won't resonate with the register, for instance. Fair enough. Um, The timeliness is exactly summer. I I love that angle. Um, What works during the summer? Because I think historically a lot of people or a lot of businesses see a slowdown in summer. Um, And then the import of the story, I think for that for that part of it. Um, another element you want to think about is who would the reporter be that would be covering that type of story and why would it be important to them? So Mm. for instance, you would want to go after someone who covers new media, let's say, or who actually covers marketing or uh, the business section, someone who kind of covers small businesses. Um, That would be sort of how you would approach that because I think you have the other two elements in place. Um, Now you just have to find the right person. So if you went after, let's say, Jonathan Gold, who is a, um, he reviews food for the LA Times. He's the um, the food critic. Okay. He would he would not care about that story because he writes about food. So when you when you're evaluating the import of the story, you also want to evaluate um, what what they're covering. So a podcast about running, let's say, would not be a, a great podcast for you to be on to talk about that specific subject. But a podcast about small business or um, paid traffic, that would be. You know, as you mentioned this too, I'm thinking about, um, you're mentioning podcasts and, well, two things, two part question. One is, one part of the question is this. So are the people that write in these magazines and newspapers, when I see the name there, are they approachable? Are they reachable? Like, do, do they want you to contact them with possible stories or do they themselves have agents or somewhere to go through to potentially pitch a story? Like, how do you even start that process? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, each, yes. So let's break that question down a little bit. Generally, yes. Um, reporters are looking for stories. Um it will depend on the reporter and the outlet, how receptive they are to PR people. I would tell you that most PR people, even firms, don't grasp these three principles. Um, one of the most important things I say is that the fact, the simple fact that you're in business, like operating every day, do, you know, running your company, that is not press worthy. And unfortunately, that is how a lot of press people approach How the dare media. you? 
I know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when you do approach them, you want to, they are thinking about what, how am I best going to serve the audience that I'm serving? That's what they're thinking. So when you approach the media outlet, you need to think about what can I tell them that I know is going to resonate both with them and to help them do their job. So to answer your, uh, kind of go back to your question. Yes, they do want to be approached. You just have to approach them in the right way. And when you craft what's called your pitch, to really revolve around the three get PR principles, then they're going to be more willing to talk to you. They're going to understand that you, um, that you understand their job and they're just, it's just going to be a lot easier. Um, there's some nuances kind of after that in terms of how to follow up and what to say. Um, but that first initial impression, if you can grasp these three principles, you're going to make a great first impression. Even if they don't end up doing the story then, I, I would bet that they're going to remember you because um, you are actually providing value to them. <clears throat> Very neat. <clears throat> also, too, I'm thinking of is when I thought of PR and I think, let's say uh, if I was asked, hey, what are the top TV shows you'd love to get on? I'm going to name a handful of them. However, you were naming things like podcasts or local publications. Do you think that those are effective? Do you think that maybe there's this idea that somehow if I don't get on this big TV show, then I'm not getting, you know, press, whereas maybe we're neglecting the fact of having an initiative towards finding these more of grassroots uh, type outlets and maybe if you will call it a base hit, like instead of trying to go for the home run, oh my gosh, if I could just get on Oprah, then I've made it and I focus everything there. Sure, that's nice to pursue some big platform, but do not neglect the kind of more of like niche ones. Because when I think about like where I've gotten my, you know, where business has come from, it's come from little like niche places or places being interviewed or places I spoke that are not mainstream, nor even big within my industry, but they, you know, they have listeners. And if anything, those listeners are a little more engaged because the main person is even more approachable, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to, let's say, yeah, like an Oprah or Dr. Phil, where even Dr. Phil's fans, they're just fans, as opposed to maybe a smaller podcast that the listeners directly like DM and message the person, their friends on Facebook with them, and they've engaged. And then the moment he introduces someone, um, I'm thinking, my gosh, that could actually be even more powerful sometimes than this big explosion onto a, ma a major platform. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think what you hit the nail on the head in terms of what we're seeing with podcasts and with blogs, they're, they've done, a, people who are good at it do a really good job of cultivating their audience and that connection with their audience. So they're very loyal listeners or readers and they will do things um, for that person. So I think that's why you, we've seen such a rise in like bloggers becoming authors or let's say food bloggers becoming cookbook authors because they have those built-in audiences and it ends up being a little bit of a catch-22 back to one of the points you were saying is that, you know, like let's say you're nervous to kind of be on TV or start getting out there. It helps to start getting some of those local, let's say newspapers or maybe smaller podcasts. Um, and then what you wanna do is you wanna make sure that you're leveraging that on your website. So you wanna essentially promote your PR. You wanna make sure that you're saying that you were on those shows or in that newspaper because it starts building up that social proof. 
Um, and then when you do kind of start going after some of those bigger shows, they want to know that you have experience. So like Good Morning America wants to know that you've been all over on KTLA and um, Good Day LA and all the, you know, all the morning shows in Los Angeles, let's say. Um, and they want to see those clips because they want to know that you can talk to their audience. I mean, they're in the business of entertaining. So they, you know, they're not going to have someone on who just sits and stares at the camera. They're going to want someone who, you know, has kind of done it before and who is a good guest and who interacts with, with the host. So it ends up being a bit of a catch 22 and it can actually work both ways. So if you're nervous, let's say, and you want to start off small, you could start generating those smaller PR publicity hits in your own market, like let's say smaller newspaper hits or maybe even blog hits. Um, and as you build that momentum, as you start generating more and more publicity, you can use those hits to essentially publicize yourself. So you want, it gives you credibility. You want to add it into your pitches, oh, into nice. your websites. Right. And that can lead to bigger opportunities like national shows. If you have the right message and the right pitch, something that resonates is important with a national audience. Um, and then it actually kind of works the other way too. So let's say you were lucky enough to get on something like the Today Show or something national and big, and it's maybe let's say it's one of your first hits. Um, what you could do is if you know when it's going to air, you could actually approach different newspapers in your local area. Um, you could even potentially hit up what's called a sister station, um, another station that's affiliated with that national show in your area. Um, so there's lots of ways to just continue the momentum. Plus, you also probably get your you know shtick down and you start to um, they get you on the show because of like, you have a great pitch, but then you show up and you do it and you actually deliver and give a lot of value. So I was thinking like right now when you, you were able to steer the conversation into this GIT thing. And I'm like, wow, this person has done this before because you had it condensed, uh, in a very easy way to grasp and understand, even though I got my I and my T flipped around, that's fine. It's forgivable. Uh, I was on the spot, so forgive. But you also have it on your website. So it's like right on the homepage. And I'm thinking, okay, you were prepared. So I think about, imagine if somebody gets an opportunity for PR, but then doesn't is not prepared to leverage it. And here you were showing up prepared. I got, I got, I'm sure I'm going to bet, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, I'm going to bet you had a point probably of bringing up the, the GIT thing. Yeah, so that's a really good point. Um, I was very prepared. One of the things that I say to all of my clients before they go on any media appearance, and we take an extensive amount of time training and preparing for this, is you will never get the chance to do it again, and you will never get the chance to be asked what I call a softball question. So especially on something like a, a TV show, they're not going to open the conversation by saying, so tell us what you're here to promote. Their job is to entertain the audience. They want to tell stories. Um, you know, I, I do know that there's maybe a caveat in some podcasts that you've probably listened to. Oftentimes they'll ask the guests, so I hear you have a new book out or whatever it is. But really what you want to do is to make sure that you're prepared and exactly right. I brought up the Git PR principles because I am now offering a free training to anyone who wants to dive deeper into PR and to generate their own PR. 
you just have to be ready to steer the conversation when you do the, get those questions. And again, it's not going to be a direct, like, tell me what you're publicizing, but you want to be able to steer it in a natural way. And that just comes with practice and from um, being doing more and more TV bookings or interviews or what have you. <laughs> yeah, prepared response. Perfect. I think that's exactly right. So, Kristen, I think what you're trying to say is that PR really stands for prepared responses. How's that? <laughs> yeah, prepared response. Perfect. I think that's exactly right. <laughs> prepared responses. Perfect. No, I'm thinking, yeah, you get this opportunity to show up, you present, you got something to offer. At the same point, I'm thinking how PR media is tying in all of the paid traffic stuff that we do here, you know, and that's how, the, that's how we collaborated on paid traffic. And I'm thinking how... Yes, someone goes to a website, and what a horrible thing if, let's say, you're, I don't want to say celebrity, but, you know, celebrity is something that, you know, you you don't have to be a celebrity to have celebrity. So someone could be the unknown person and then one day featured on the news and they have some celebrity. So how do you leverage the celebrity you get if they went to the website? Yeah, have some remarketing, have something very quick and easy, like, it should be able to navigate through and it should be, it should pop like, Hey, go here, get this thing, start here. Yeah. So once you have, let's say been on a podcast or been on a show, think about it as you, the user, have you ever saw something on TV or been kind of interested in something and maybe you've looked it up on your phone. For me, I get really frustrated if I look something up and I can't find it right away. So absolutely, the paid traffic aspect and tying it all together on the back end, really leveraging your PR and understanding that the PR is just the starting point to get people to start interacting with you. You do. You want to have things quick and easy to navigate. Um, if you're telling them about a download in the interview or something free that they could get or even something to purchase, you want to make sure it's like readily available on your website. Um, more often than not, you're usually just saying, hey, go to my main site as opposed to like, you know, something with a longer URL. So unless you're able to say that specifically, again, you want to make sure you have it on your homepage and that it's very clear and easy for the user to find. So that again ties into everything we do at PR Media. We're understanding that everything starts with the exposure, but that's not the end of it. And we're taking that exposure and leveraging it into future opportunities for our clients. Gotcha. And so do you, I mean, maybe you're not allowed to say or not names, but maybe it's a yes or no. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll pitch yeah, it. Yeah, sure. You. Um, do you work with any doctors right now that have previously been on the doctors or any like well-known people that you wouldn't mind mentioning? Or can you just even say that? Yes, I do work with some well-known doctors that have been on TV. Yes, I do work with a lot of doctors and celebrity clients. In fact, one of my doctors, Human Melamed, is a spine surgeon down there in LA and he's in Marina Del Rey. So nice shout out for him there. And he has been on shows like The Doctors. Um, that show specifically he's actually been on. I think he told me more than 20 times. 
and he continues to generate that momentum. He's been on Dr. Oz. I know he recently got back from New York after filming Fox and Friends. So he is, he's out there, he's marketing himself, he is um, getting PR, and on the back end, we're managing his paid traffic and his online presence, so we are helping him to leverage and continue that cycle. It ends up being a, a loop that we essentially tie together. Very nice. So he's he's currently a client of PR Media, and uh, you guys, PR Media is doing the paid traffic for him, and are you still involved on the PR side? Like, is PR part of PR Media now, or is PR Media focused mostly on leveraging the PR you get with paid traffic? Where do you sit on those two? Yeah, good question. Dr. Melamed specifically is a paid traffic client with PR Media. He has a PR firm that he retains that's fantastic, and clearly they're doing a great great job for him. PR is part of our offerings. We have started doing paid traffic for clients and what I realized is that people were still very curious and very interested in generating that PR. Um, When you do get PR, it's essentially that third-party stamp of approval. So um, people are becoming aware of your product and someone else is endorsing it rather than you kind of shouting from the rooftops. So it's not like an advertisement. It's, a like I said, a third-party endorsement. Um, So we have started to offer PR services at varying levels. And then I do also have this free training that I have just released um, that helps people no matter what point they're at, um, whether they are just starting out with their first media appearance or just personally want to know how to get better at booking those, um, all the way up to handling project PR projects and paid traffic um, here in-house at PR Media. Oh, that's awesome. I'm thinking I'm... (laughs) I, as I'm listening to myself speak, I'm like, this whole thing sounds like a paid advertisement because it's so well done on your part. Like it's so well put together. And I think this almost feels, this almost feels to me, like, let's say you're, you're in the PR world. I've never been in that world before, but I guess, you know, maybe paid traffic kind of is in a different sense, but this almost seems as if every PR company should be doing this already. Like, are they like, is this something that was kind of common practice? Did you hear about this before? Like, or is this not being done by PR companies? Thank you. That's that's really great. In fact, you know, you're right. I have practiced. I have my messaging down, and I I do know the main points I want to hit. Um, in fact, you know, I booked your interview as a PR segment for my product. Um, so it's really proof in the pudding that something was interesting, clearly, and resonating with you. Um, again, even in the podcast realm, they they're serving their audience. They're talking about um, specific verticals. So whether it's fitness or business or what have you, um, and you would think that PR companies would adjust their pitch accordingly. Um, but unfortunately I would say the majority of PR companies just don't do this. And really what it comes down to is they don't grasp these three fundamental get PR principles. Um, you know, you're exactly right. They should be doing it. But what, what ends up happening is that the, they'll actually lead with, for instance, um, let's use a doctor as an example. They might pick up the phone and say, hi, I work with Dr. So-and-so. He's the best eye surgeon I've, you know, I've ever worked with. Um, but what's really more interesting is telling a story. So let's actually use my client, Dr. Melamed, um, instead of picking up the phone and saying, hi, I work with a top spine surgeon, Dr. Melamed. Someone's going to tell me, hey, go take out an ad. That's 
that's not something that I'm going to promote. It's not a story. It's not interesting. But if I called or sent an email and I start describing a 16-year-old who's in excruciating pain and four spine surgeons have already told him that he has to have this very intensive fusion procedure where it's going to fuse his vertebrae together and he's not going to be able to play sports. He'll never be able to move around like he wants to. He'll just live in pain for the rest of his life. But I work with a surgeon who can help him with a simple outpatient procedure and help him get his life back, that's a different story than, hey, I work with a best spine surgeon. Um, they they want to know more. They are telling a story to their audience. And in that story, my client now gets weaved into that story. Interesting. It sounds, I mean, in my, so I don't like to call the work that I do just paid traffic. I really, you know, within copywriting, positioning is what I'm all about. And that's what's going to make something successful or not. I think... It just sounds like context is so important that if you can't put someone in context, like saying someone is the best, um, you know, it needs to be a little micro piece of context. Like, well, tell me a story that makes them the best. And almost in a way, pitch me something where I'm personally, I want to find out what happens. So this person you talked to with spine surgery, it's like, okay, so what happened? Like, I want to know what happened. So, right, exactly. So you heard about the spine surgery story and now you want to know more. Um, it puts it into context. It shows what a great surgeon he is because the, the rest of the story actually continues that he did a full workup and he missed things that other surgeons that other surgeons didn't see because as part of his process, he already does this full workup. And so that starts to make it interesting. It starts to give it a little context in terms of other surgeons. Um, and it positions him as being the best without actually saying, hey, I'm working with the best spine surgeon. Um, but if you can tell it in that story uh, context, and again, remembering the three uh, fundamental get PR principles, that's really where you're going to start being able to leverage and book those media appearances again and again. I was, no joke, I was about to say, it seems as if the, the litmus test is going to be, could your, if you were going to give your pitch to someone, is it enough to make them wait until the commercial break to come back and listen to it? Just like I say, if you want to think of a good offer, um, if you were, let's say, at a convention where your target market was and you put a postcard down on the floor and it had a, it had a statement on it, it had a saying or a question, would it be compelling enough that, that somebody would want to stop that had read it, would want to pick it up and flip it over to find out the answer? And if you could say yes to that, then you've got something to hook them with it. So PR sounds completely to me like direct response marketing. And if you don't understand that, then it's just not going to work. But it also sounds like it's a two part one. Yes, have something to pitch, place it in context, but then also be prepared with what you're going to do with all that opportunity that's going to come your way. And it seems like that's where PR media is filling the gap of like what to do next after the opportunity. So really brilliant. Well done on your part there. Yeah, exactly. When you watch the news or another, um, even online, oftentimes now, if what's what's called a teaser actually happens um, during a news segment. So if you're watching the news, let's say, right before they go to commercial break, you'll see some text at the bottom or the anchor will say something like, coming up next, um, you know, will LeBron, what team will mm. LeBron James uh, sign with? And that's, it's a question, like you're intrigued, like, oh my gosh, I have to know. 
Um, so it's things like that. And, and of course, LeBron is a celebrity, but you want to start paying attention to those types of things. Um, you want to, they're called teasers and those end up being like the hooks. Those are usually timely. They're, they've got geographic proximity or they're very important and they're phrased in a way that piques your interest. Um, you want it to be compelling and you're right. It's just like direct response marketing. You really have to understand, um, that when you have something to pitch, you have to give it the right context. Um, and then again, you have to be able to be prepared for any opportunities that come your way. Let's say you were doing a direct response marketing campaign. Maybe you're mailing something out. You wouldn't mail something out and then not be prepared to, let's say, field a phone call or an email. And it's the same with a TV segment or any PR segment. If you're out there, you want to make sure that your website is resonating with the same message that you're putting out there. Yeah, and that's really where we fill the gap. We really make sure that all of our clients have this full comprehensive approach. And, um, you know, we, we want to basically fill in the holes for them and take them to that next level. So are they getting that PR exposure? Are they doing marketing? Now let's put all those pieces together. And you know what, let's take your example, for instance. Um, you had mentioned to me about summer tips for businesses that get slow. Um, so now we've, we've established the GIT, the geographic proximity, you're in Los Angeles. Um, the import of the story, it's um, important to business owners who who would um, otherwise be slow during this time of year. How can you, How can what you're doing help them? What tips can you give them? And it's timely because it's summertime. So what I would also do is give a little context. So let's say you've been featured on in Entrepreneur Magazine and Forbes. I would incorporate that into the pitch. And you want to start uh, building up that own credibility, even within your pitch and on your website. You'd want to have those logos so that people know that you are a trusted source. Other people have worked with you. Um, and you can find social proof anywhere. Um, it doesn't just have to be media outlets, but I really dive deeper both in the free training and in the beta course I'm releasing into these subjects. Well, I'm very famous cause I was also recently featured on two father's day cards. <laughs> so there's that too. And Kristen, you sound really busy, but this is kind of a, I, I, I know you as well too. So I know that you have a, a hub of entrepreneurs, um, I believe your husband is also uh, his own business, an attorney as well, and you've got some little ones. Um, how do you like? How does this all come together? What is that like? And I'm I'm correct, right? You guys do have a house of entrepreneurs there, the two of you. Yes, that's right. Both my husband and I are an entrepreneur. Are entrepreneurs? Um, I have my own business, PR Media, and he has a law firm based in Los Angeles. Kristen, now's the chance to uh, mention the law firm too. <laughs> yes, and their law firm name is called Hinman and Peck. So in a rec, call Hinman and Peck if you're in LA. Um, no, they're, they're great. And, um, he and he and his business partner are very motivated, um, to help their clients in the best ways possible. And I am very, I'm very much the same, very driven by being able to help my clients and to really help them achieve what they know that they should be doing and to kind of take some of that marketing and strategy implementation off of their plate. Cause we do that really well and it allows them to free up to, let's say do surgeries or practice law or what have you. That's awesome. Well, Kristen, it's awesome having you on. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know that you're busy uh, as a mom, um, business owner, wife, everything going on with uh, family and the business. So 
I'm assuming this is the part of the show where I would say, hey, if somebody wants to connect with you or if they want to take the next step working with you, I'm assuming you've already got something that you'd like to offer them, which is probably the GIT thing, or maybe I'm stepping out of line. But if people would like to connect with you, how should they do that and where should they go? Sure. Yeah. If someone wants to connect with me, they can just visit my website, which again is P-E-A-R-E-Media.com. That's P-R, the phonetic spelling, P-E-A-R-E-Media.com. If you're interested in the free training, you'll see a button when you hop on there. It's blue. It's called PR in 30 Days. Just click that button and you'll be able to register and go directly into the free training. Um, If you're interested in any other services, paid traffic or PR, just check out our website and um, find a way to reach out to me and connect. It's right there on the site at the bottom of the homepage or on the contact us page. Um, And again, we do offer various services for both paid traffic, PR. Um, We offer analysis uh, strategies for both kind of segments. So if you're looking for just some direction, uh, you know, we can help you there as well. Awesome. Kristen, thank you so much. And thank you, PR Media. Yep. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for being a part of the show today. Please do go and check out PRmedia.com. We will have the description in the link below here. And should you see Kristen's ads after you leave on YouTube or wherever else, it just means I hopefully that she has your marketing, that she's also practicing what she preaches. So thanks again to Kristen and everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.